Welcome to the show where we interview our network of B2B SaaS experts. This is the Notion Capital Podcast, hosted by Paul Papadimitriou. Hi, and today I'm with Max. Hi, Max. How are you? I am very well, thank you. So, Max, tell us, who are you? Who am I? So, I grew up in technology PR agencies a little while ago now, and really had the experience of looking around me, having grown up on forums and news groups and things, going, why is everything here so two-dimensional and average and poorly process-driven and all these things? And then eventually left it and joined a global tech startup called TradeShift and was with them as communications manager from about series A to series C level. I worked with TradeShift on their story. And again, had this bracing experience of looking around and just seeing a completely different way of running things compared to the agency world that I had been in. Learned a ton, learned about just you know vital, smart, well-engineered processes. And about three years ago now, left TradeShift to work with many TradeShifts, many what we call unsexy technology companies, and do the same thing. Communications, PR, we describe it as using communication strategies to tackle business challenges. And if that's not a PR way to describe it, then I don't know what is. Uh, <laughs> and in the gaps there, I've, I've worked at Wired, I've written for Quartz, Telegraph, Guardian, TechCrunch, all sorts of places. That's quite a resume. That's quite sexy, actually, because when we were preparing this show, the first topic we wanted to talk about was how unsexy PR strategies could be. You know, PR can sometimes have a bad name in technology. I mean, everywhere, but in technology. So when you pretend it's unsexy, that is probably music to some ears. But why is it unsexy according to you? To me, when most people think of PR, they don't think of it as an unsexy thing. They think of it as this big, glamorous, you know, we're going to parade down the street in skeleton costumes and make a big fuss <laughs> and get everyone's attention and everyone's going to write about us and then we'll get loads of funding because of it. You know, it's very easy to rush into it being this solution to any problem. And I think that you definitely can't do yourself. We don't necessarily think that. I'd say from our perspective, in most cases, if you're below about series A level, there's a lot of things you can just do yourself. They're basically exactly what you'd assume you should be doing if you don't call it PR. What I mean by that is if you're kind of in those earlier years of running the business, you want people to know about what you're doing. Well, go and find people who write about the kind of area or often talk about the kind of area that you're working into. Say to them in a sentence or a paragraph, this is what we do. Would you like us to keep you posted in it? And email to them or give them a buzz or you see them at an event. Just, just keep it really, really simple for them. No one needs a PR agency to do that, right? That is just the same kinds of skills as meeting investors, the same kind of skills as running a business, the same kind of general knowledge skills. There is no magic source to doing those things. Now, where we come in is at about that series A level point, you've got your first customers, you've got your first sense of what pitch works and what really resonates with people. You know who you are, product market fit. And at that stage, it makes sense to work with someone like us to come in and say, okay, now let's actually put an engine into this machine. Let's start to put the fuel into that engine and let's kind of build, measure and learn and iterate on it to find what your PR mechanism is going to be for the next, you know, two or three years, certainly. Doesn't mean it's again like these big flashy PR stunt things. It means measurement. It means a clear strategy of what you're testing. It means the processes, the structure, things like Asana as a project management tool to just get it done and, and learn about what you should be up to. So almost all the time, we're not putting in place some big flashy glamorous campaign that everyone's going to be talking about and, you know, water cooler stuff. It's about putting in an engine to start testing what your PR strategy should look like. 
And that's the unsexiness for us that, that actually often matches the unsexiness of the companies we're working with. It's about doing real things instead of just making a load of noise. You said no one needs a PR agency, but what you've been describing me here is basically you're scaling up PR. I think before you, this is going to sound tautological, but before you need a PR agency, you don't need a PR agency. Before you have that story quite clear that's working for you, the signal that is really going to do a good job for you, you don't want to be amplifying it too much. It's much better for you to just be doing little bits here and there, telling your story quite naturally, often on, on a blog or, or wherever, and getting on with building the business and establishing that thing and getting those first customers, finding out what they love about you. Once you have that, it's not unreasonable to say, well, this is worth investing in because if we can get that out that more, if we can show off the customers who love us and why they love us, that's going to lead to more of these types of customers. It's going to create things our sales team can use to turn heads and show why you're relevant and what you're doing different is a, an effective alternative, all that kind of thing. So it's really just to say that there is a point where this can be very, very valuable if you do it right. But I think... There's a lot of people trying to apply PR far earlier on than they need to and essentially getting burned and having a really bad experience with agencies because, you know, everyone ends up disappointed really in that scenario. You seem to be saying that at some point, you know, it's evident you should get a PR agency. Do you mean that you at Ogre, you intervene when the story is already crafted or do you also help these startups to figure out what their actual story is and what the actual story you're going to tell to other people? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think for us, we see good stories as organic, authentic, genuine things. You know, good companies doing what they're setting out to achieve, making progress on their mission, actually speak for themselves a lot of the time. You know, they win the customers in that pre-series A phase because they really do have something different. They have an unfair advantage. They have the kinds of things, actually the kinds of things that attract VC investment. You can't compensate for that with a story. And often those actions will speak louder than any story like a PR is going to come in and help you with. They've achieved that success because there is a true story there already. Where we come in is to act as like the editor for them with that story, listen very, very closely and just help them then refine it, help them turn it into the kinds of materials where it will then scale for them and be more easily used by their sales team or can be applied to breaking news breaking situations where it's relevant while they're getting on with continuing to build the business. I'm a big believer that, you know, real companies really doing something, their actions speak for them. But after a certain point, they can continue doing what they're great at. And we can come in and do what we're great at to help amplify what made that work in the first place. I really love the fact that you use, you act as an editor. It's the first time I hear that. It's a very thoughtful way to put it. Uh, when we were discussing this show, first we said, you know, that's the unsexiness part of the PR strategies. The second term you used was private. So how right, private yes. can a PR strategy be? Yeah, so what I mean by this is that word is really like a magnet to pull people away from their preconceptions of, of what the PR is in a lot of people's minds. By default, a lot of people will say, right, we want to do some PR. Let's like spam this news far and wide. Let's get this to <laughs> you know everyone you've ever met on every channel for even the smallest story. Like, you know, we've appointed this person who no one's heard of. It's big news to us. So we're going to tell everyone. The real emphasis from our side is that actually it's much better to look less outside yourself and settle in, tell your own story, be less concerned about where it's going to reach and trust it will reach the people it's supposed to. To take some examples here, things like 
you can be establishing a group of customers who love what you do and create this kind of customer advocacy group behind the scenes. Start writing up those stories. Start putting them out there for interview and and things like that. But it, it starts with something very private, which is just you and your customers. The story then becomes apparent from it and you can use that. Another example is if you're going to tell your story, I mean, to be honest, forget the press release stuff until you're a publicly traded company, maybe even. Nobody has ever read a press release and said, wow, that's the best way to sum up that story. Um, (laughs) Just write about what you're doing on a regular basis and publish it somewhere. For example, your blog, without conjuring too much baggage of the idea of the blog format, but just have somewhere you tell that story. And as each piece of the story, each chapter of the story might be relevant to someone, give them a nudge. Send it to a couple of people you think might be interested. Not a hundred people, maybe like one or two people. And if they're not into it, just get on with telling your story. It's about this more dignified, independent approach to how you expect the world around you to kind of react to you. And again, your actions will speak louder than applying just an enormous megaphone and pushing, 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 chasing and hounding everyone. Same as pitching anyone else, to be honest. This private point is really just about saying that a lot of it is is just doing what you're doing, putting it out there, not kind of forcing it out there, but just putting it somewhere where it's public. It's all public, right? And trusting that you're going to reach the right people over time. And most of this is in, in kind of earlier period of, of telling your story, but it's just a mindset shift. It's to say that your PR is generated by what you do as a company. You don't go and do PR. You just said not forcing it out there, but when I read what startups have been pushing in the past two years, this term that keeps coming is content marketing, where you're supposed to create stories all the time to put it out there. And you just said, let's not force it too much. So what's your take on that? Should startups think very early on about having even like a content marketing manager or someone who's actually dedicated to create these stories? Or is it something that should come much later? I think you you potentially get into what kind of business you are and, and fundamentally that you've got to look at what is your strategy as a business for that next period of time. If it becomes clear that you are going to need a lot of interesting, really high quality material to reach the audience you're trying to go after, and that's really your next big business challenge, then maybe. But I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case very early on in a lot of companies' lives. And I think more than that, if you haven't got that product market fit bit right yet, and you haven't got those first customers in yet, and you don't really understand what they love about you, you're missing the insights to then put into all that content and put into all that material. It's why that inflection point is so important. I mean, the the product market fit point that is, you know, cliche in in the startup world now, really. But it's as true of your PR strategy as it is all these other bits of your strategy. Once you have that, you can then take whichever steps you you think are strategically right to make the most of it. You know, should it be hiring a content manager? The way I look at things, all the marketing disciplines are converging. We try and break free of it a little bit. Editor is probably our touch point we come back to. And I think editor is relevant to that that kind of content manager role, if you call it that again as well. It's just having someone who can say to you, don't talk about any of this. This is what everyone else is talking about and it's boring. Don't create stuff like this. It's generic. It's been done. Everyone knows it's just a cynical lead gen form. Nobody cares. What about if we did this bit of research? Because your sales team are literally trying to go and talk to those kinds of people and no one's looked at it before. An example recently actually was um, there's been loads written about B2C subscriptions and SaaS as a topic. People are all over it and, and do some really good work around it. Conversely, there hasn't been a lot written about B2B SaaS and and those areas. And, you know, there's very broad strokes about Salesforce and accounting, you know, certain verticals that have matured quite fast. 
But there's a whole long tail of other industries where that hasn't happened. And there's a whole lot of information and data that's not really being summarized, reported on and captured. So if that's where you sit as a company, take a look at that, you know, dig into that. And, and you've got to trust that will be valuable, not just for PR terms, but to actually understanding your customers at all, to running your business, to, to all these things. It's about not doing it just for the PR thing. It's about not starting by saying we need a content manager. It's more saying what actually is the point here? What can we create that really is valuable? What do we wish we had? And starting there. You just mentioned the term sales teams. Do you go talk to sales teams? Oh, yeah. No, totally. Look, I mean, right at the beginning. So we don't do the old fashioned thing where you come in as an agency and you sort of pitch for the work. What we do instead is a planning project where we come in, we interview everyone. Again, that kind of editor mentality. And we'll often speak to, you know, the head of products, the head of technology, head of sales, uh, as well as the marketing team. But I mean, we kind of know marketing teams. We know what the marketing people know, right? We're in that world. We're not so much in the sales world and the tech world. So of course we spend more time there. And often our measurement is in terms of saying, we need to create like three things that the sales team can use as they're going out there and doing these deals. And did we? And then we talk to them, were they useful? If they weren't, you know, what can we do to make them more useful next time? And what forms do they need them in? And all this stuff. So you'd be mad not to, I think. That leads us to the most evident part, of course, of the three topics we brought today. You said the PR strategies are very valuable. So how would you describe how valuable PR can be? You'd expect a PR guy to say this point, right? Uh, <laughs> the proposition for us is that if you are series A level, if you are in a B2B tech company, you know, you're selling to enterprises and, and some of the biggest companies in the world. A small investment in us that helps you win one of those deals makes an enormous difference, especially for a SaaS business where it's recurring revenue, right? For us, where we think we really provide that value is simply by unlocking what's already there and turning it into assets you can use. There are companies out there that are so good at having conceived an alternative way to solve a problem, have won those first customers and really done a great job on it, but could easily lose out because a competitor is simply getting the word out before them, especially in an emerging sector. So to us, if you can just take the great things you're doing and you can just present them to the world and reach more people who are looking for that kind of stuff, it's just not leaving that value locked up in a safe in the, the kind of basement of your business. It's turning it into something that will act for you and, and again, lead to more of the kinds of projects that you were great at. That was the whole point in the first place, right? So the valuable point here is from conceptually, what does a PR program look like? It's not just media relations and press releases and that rubbish. It is broader than that. It's about how do you measure it? It should really be tied into, are these things being used by your sales team? Can you show people that read the material that we produced, signed up for a trial or became a, a kind of lead in there and all these elements? It works really well in B2B in my eyes and at that level of business. And our clients certainly seem kind of happy with that perspective too. I think if you summarize the whole thing, for me, PR agencies have historically been very, very broad. If you want to reach a bunch of journalists and you had money, you give them the money and you get the journalists way back in history. What we're trying to apply is actually that more startup world mentality of let's focus on one thing and let's do it really well. Let's focus on one type of company. Let's focus on the strategy dimension of this, like solving a business challenge with communication strategy. And let's just become the absolute best at that and be built for that one thing. 
that is something that liberates us and means we say no to as many things, you know, many more things, in fact, that we end up saying yes to it and pass it on to other people who are really good at it and are focused in the same way. And I think that's what PR has needed for a long time. I think it's what especially the kinds of companies we work with have needed for a long time. And that's how I'm going to judge our success or failure over time. Well, that was a great way to cap off these podcasts that made me smile all throughout. On that, thank you very much, Max. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you.